Welcome to Beliefs of the Heart Weekly Reflection. I'm Sam Williamson, and today we're discussing when God seems silent. Of all the ways God speaks, the one I like least and fear most is his silence. The absence of his voice seems to come at the moments I most desperately long for a word. In those moments, his silence feels like God at his cruelest. We cry out to God. We promise to do exactly as he says, and we get silence. It hardly seems fair. Paradoxically, God often speaks the loudest in his silence, but his words do not always come as a voice. They come as action. Later in life, when we remember the silent voice of God, it is those words we come to treasure most. His spirit breathes life into our lives, and his silent words somehow shape our hearts. Learning to hear God is not a gimmick. We can't force God's hand to do all we think is needed, and we certainly can't force his lips to speak when we think best. God doesn't respond to our incantations like a dog to his master's command. He is God, and he speaks in the moments that he determines best and with the methods he knows we need most. And some lessons need the laboratory, not the lecture hall. God is always speaking, always. But some words need to be shown, not told. Consider the life of Esther. Esther lived when Persia ruled most of the known world. Tens of thousands of Jews live scattered in exile throughout the Persian Empire. The Grand Vizier Haman hates those alien Jews, and he convinces King Xerxes, mostly through bribery, to exterminate every last one. This is the time for God to speak or send a prophet. Instead, God acts. Just look at the story. King Xerxes gets drunk and commands Queen Vashti to parade herself before his drunken friends. Queen Vashti refuses. The king holds the world's first international beauty pageant. Esther is crowned queen. Esther's uncle Mordecai overhears and then foils a plot to assassinate the king. But the king forgets to reward Mordecai. Evil Haman convinces King Xerxes to kill all the jewels and steal their wealth. And Haman secretly builds gallows on which to hang Mordecai. That night, the king can't sleep, so he orders past court records to be read, which would put anyone to sleep. And Mordecai's story of loyalty is retold. And the king realizes he had forgotten to reward Mordecai. At that very moment, Haman enters the court to tell of his plans to hang Mordecai. The king asks Haman what should be done for the man that pleases the king. Haman, sure that that man must be himself, suggests an elaborate citywide honoring ceremony. The king tells evil Haman to lead the procession that will honor Mordecai. Queen Esther invites the king and Haman to a couple dinner parties. She tells the king in Haman's presence that Haman's plot to exterminate the Jews will include her. Haman is killed on the gallows he built for Mordecai, and all of God's people are saved. If any single event hadn't occurred, the Jews would have been wiped out. If the king hadn't gotten drunk, or if Vashti hadn't refused, or if the king had rewarded Mordecai immediately instead of forgetting, or if the records hadn't been read that very night. Total destruction. The strangest twist in scripture. And yet, Esther is the only book in the Bible in which God is not mentioned. No prophecies, no prayers, not one use of the word God or Elohim. 
It's like the proofreader at the very last moment says, wait, wait, we forgot to mention God. And the production manager says, oh my gosh, oops, too late. The book's already gone to print. Throughout the book of Esther, God is silent, not one word. Can that possibly just be an editorial mistake? Or does Esther's story show God speaking on every page, revealing his unbelievable ability to turn all things, even evil plots against his people, into good? So that later, when we look back, we see him shouting his words in power in ways we'd never imagined, all in the seeming silence of the Almighty. If God seems silent in your life right now, just remember, there are some things God cannot tell us. He must show us instead. In my book, Hearing God in Conversation, I have a few key themes, but one of the themes one of the main points of the book is that we don't hear God. And, you know, we, we want to hear God. All of us want to hear God. But one of the points is we don't hear God not because he's not speaking, but we don't hear God because we haven't been trained how to recognize his voice. God is speaking in all kinds of ways, but we tend to have expectations like it's going to be writing on the handwriting on the wall. It's going to be fire and thunder and earthquakes. And... And, and when you read scripture, God speaks in all kinds of ways, many ways that are beyond our expectations, outside of our expectations. And as a result, we just don't recognize that it's God speaking when he speaks. And one of those methods that God uses is when he uses his actions or his deeds instead of, well, it's still his word. His word, his word is manifest, if you will, in his actions and deeds. Remember, God created all of creation with his word. And so it wasn't something that we heard in terms of vocabulary. We hear it by seeing the result of his words. And, and in our lives, we will often want direction like, God, should I marry this person? Should I take this job? But God wants often to do something in our lives, which means Book learning isn't enough. Years ago in my company, we hired this MBA guy with great academic achievements. He looked, he looked like he had great promise. But he joins the company and he just had horrible people skills. He treated colleagues, he treated clients with disdain and sort of an arrogance. He thought he should be the next VP, even though he was 25 years old. And we realized that book learning and real life learning are not the same thing. We, 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 we need some book learning, but we also need just the, the hard knocks of real life to, to bring us into the kind of people God wants us to be. And that's part of God's word is when he's allowing things in our lives to happen to us, to create us, to, to recreate us into the people he meant for us to be. I told you the story of Esther in this article, but, and you know, the idea is, all this stuff happens to Esther, and there's no mention of God. But all of God's people are saved, partly because the king gets drunk, partly because his wife refuses him, which nobody would have done in those days. Um, but God's hand, or his word, is obvious everywhere. But there's another great story in Scripture. And in that case, the story of Esther is just God uses his word, shown in deeds, 
to rescue people. But there's another story in scripture where God uses his word to reshape someone's heart. And it's the story of Joseph in the city of Dothan. So Joseph and his father are sitting around and his father says, hey, listen, I want you to go see your brothers. And the last I heard, they were in Shechem. So Joseph wanders over to Shechem, which is you know many miles away. And when he's there, nobody's around. And a man finds Joseph just wandering in the fields. And Joseph says, hey, I'm looking for my 11 brothers or 10 brothers. And the man says, actually, I heard, I happened to be here a few days ago. And I heard these 10 men talking about going to Dothan. So Joseph runs over to Dothan. When he goes to Dothan, he's sold into slavery, but he happens to be sold into the, to the house of a high ranking official. So that when Joseph is charged with something, he's put in a high ranking official jail. It was a false accusation, but he's put in jail and then he helps somebody, but the person says, I'll help you and then forgets. And then Joseph is remembered at the very moment where he is promoted to be prime minister. Okay, so that's great. That's a great story. But the only other time in scripture that Dothan, the city of Dothan is mentioned, is years and years later, hundreds of years later, when Elisha is at Dothan. Elisha has been tipping off the king of Israel that the king of Syria is going to attack this city, then that city, because God's been revealing it to Elisha. So the king of Syria finds out about this and says, we got to kill Elisha. He finds out that Elisha's in Dothan. He sends his armies to surround this tiny city of Dothan. Dothan is dinky. And God opens the servant's eyes. Syria is routed when when um, they call on God. And you say, isn't that what Joseph wanted? Scripture says Joseph cried out. He screamed out to God. And it seems like God didn't answer. So what's the difference? The difference is Joseph needed more than just a physical rescue. Joseph needed a spiritual rescue. God needed to speak to Joseph, yes, but if Joseph, if God had just said, Joseph, you're a spoiled brat, change, Joseph wouldn't have changed. To change Joseph's heart, God had to bring him through some difficulties that turned Joseph from a spoiled brat into a man of humility and honor. I mean, when Joseph meets his brothers, these, these incredibly nasty brothers who sold their own flesh and blood into slavery, Joseph doesn't say, I'm going to get you now. Joseph says, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Joseph recognizes the silent word of God in his own life, that God had changed Joseph's heart, but that God had also rescued people. Elisha only needed a physical rescue. Joseph needed a spiritual heart rescue. He needed a heart transplant. And God's word brought that about in this tiny city of Dothan, where Joseph is sold into slavery. And Elisha was rescued from an army. And in both situations, God's word indeed is just as powerful. One is what we want. One is what we fear, but both are what we need. God wants to speak to us more than we even want. We just need to learn to recognize his voice in the myriad and multitude of ways God speaks. And one of the ways God speaks is in the laboratory, not just the lecture hall. In fact, we all learn more in the laboratory, not just the lecture hall. And unfortunately, when we're in the middle of the laboratory, when when it looks like all Esther's people are going to be killed, when it looks like Joseph is going to be a lifelong prisoner for a, a crime he did not commit, 
we, we feel like we can lose hope. And the, the only way we can have hope is go back and read Scripture and see God's spoken word indeed in the lives of the Joseph. And, and look at in the lives of Moses, in the lives of David, in the lives of many prophets. We see God doing things through his spoken word. And when we see that, then we can have a hope and a rest that God in the midst of this today's difficult time where he seems to be silent, we can know that God is actually speaking louder and accomplishing more in the laboratory than he ever could in a lecture hall. Thanks for listening. Please join us by following this podcast or liking it. And visit our website, beliefsoftheheart.com, for more articles, books, videos, podcasts, and courses, all designed to foster intimate theology, deepening a real relationship with the real God who is there. See you next week.